Welcome to Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by uh, two of your usual hosts here, myself, uh, Josh Hartley and Tom Mannering. Tom, how are you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. I've been uh, reveling in my birthday uh, this week, or as much as one can during lockdown. But it's been really nice, actually. Uh, we, we, You had a surprise for me on our Tuesday night RPG session, which we'll, we will get to. In mm-hmm. good time, but I'm in a bubble with Ben and Charlotte, so I went over to theirs yesterday and stopped over on my birthday. So we got to hang out and play a few games and whatnot. So uh, that was a lot of effort was made to to make it uh, to make it nice, despite the fact that we can't really do much to mm-hmm. celebrate it. So like, I feel I'm feeling the love this week. I'm are you uh, are you willing to disclose how many years old you are to the listeners, or is that is that staying I'm, off the record? Uh, no, that's fine. I'm 34. 34. That's a good age. I think um, I I am blessed with a baby face, and like that was a curse when I was younger. But the older I get, the better it is. So. A baby face and a baby mind, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've no comeback to that. That's like fair cop. <laughs> I don't read that at all. I think you have a you have a certain innocence about you, which I think your face adds to. Uh, I would say. Uh, I will. Yeah. Um, I'll take that as a compliment. I'll choose to take that as a compliment. It's the closest you're going to get to one from me. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Uh, birthday's over now, so it's like normal service will resume, and I'll get the usual slagging that I get. Um, <laughs> There are a few things uh, to talk about before we get into like the sort of main topic uh, of what we're going to talk about this week. So as I said, I stopped over at Ben and Charlotte's um, last night and we played a couple of games. The first game we played, and I want to wait until they're back on the show to discuss this in more detail. And I also want to play it a bit more. But we played through like the tutorial and the first chapter of Chronicles of Crime. Now, what that is, is a it came out last year. It is a game in the similar sort of style of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective where you're playing through a crime story and you're trying to solve the whodunit. Um, the The difference with this one is that it's all driven by an app that you download to a smartphone. So um, okay. all the cards have little QR codes. Uh, the app knows which chapter you're playing through. So... It, that that gives the, the the phone context as to what uh, what it should be telling you, and overall, I'm, my early impressions are I'm I'm pretty impressed with how slick it is. Um, another benefit of having it all done through an app is that it gives you like a um, it gives you a soundtrack as well. All right. So the, there's some appropriate like moody music. Um, there's a, co- a couple of things that I want to to point out. Um, there, there are a couple. There were a couple of instances where it wasn't entirely intuitive, like what we were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a problem with these type of, types of games, though. Like sometimes you, it's a bit like those old point-and-click adventures as well, right? If you sometimes you, you, your logic isn't quite the same logic as the designers, mm-hmm. and uh, 
that that can be a little bit awkward, but it wasn't anything too bad, and we were still able to work our way through everything. But just maybe, albeit um, with a, a tiny bit of frustration. Um, the main thing that kind of caught me off guard, though, was the the tone of the whole thing. Now, if you see the box art for it, it is a policeman wearing like a it's all set in london and he's wearing a traditional like policeman's helmet you know mm-hmm. the big dome stood in for in front of like a board with like you know the sort of pin board with the strings going mm-hmm. everywhere right so when i see the police like the the old-fashioned like sort of british bobby on the box art i kind of thought the tone was going to be a bit more light-hearted than it actually was this was pretty grim right like, okay. it i mean they don't mess about. This is a full-on murder investigation that we're that the first chapter is. I, I won't give away too many like plot details in case any of our listeners are wanting to play through this. But like the first, the first one is a, a woman that has seemingly been murdered in cold blood in the middle of Hyde Park, uh-huh. and it's kind of like a and it gets darker from there, and it's kind of like a whoa. I was not wasn't quite expecting that. <laughs> not that that is a bad thing. But I now know what sort of mindset I need to be in. Right? Sure, uh, sure. The other thing with these sort of... I mean, have you played... I know you haven't played Chronicles of Crime, but have you played anything like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective or anything along these lines? I don't think so, no. It's, it's strange because it's a type of game I know I would enjoy, but it's just never yeah. been the kind that I've had the opportunity or the inclination to, to play. Yeah, uh, I would... I, I mean... I'm comparing it a lot to Sherlock Holmes. That's one of the ones that I've, I've played a couple of um, missions episodes from that. So that's like the the best comparison I have for this. Um, I like the idea uh, of, of of you <laughs> you sitting down to play it with this expectation that it's going to be sort of Paw Patrol and it's actually True Detective. True Detective. <laughs> like that's the. I mean, it's kind of, that's you. <laughs> You're exaggerating, but you're not actually far off the mark. <laughs> right. um, the only other thing with these types of games is uh, it, it requires um, it requires a lot of concentration, mm-hmm. and that's great. But sometimes you're not in the mood for that. Sometimes you want like a, a more chilled out experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, we play Quacks of Quidlinburg after <laughs> that, which uh, long time listeners will know. We we love that game. It's great, but you can't take that game too seriously. I think it's it's tricky with some games, especially the first few times you play them, mm. to, to know what you're going into, like even with the, the best of intentions. And I think you can have games like that. And I think we've talked about this previously on the podcast where you know you, you think you're sitting down for, for one type of game and you don't quite realise that you're maybe walking into like a, a Twilight Imperium sort of oh, situation, <laughs> you know, where you're there for the, the week. I remember like the first time I ever played Scythe, I thought it was just going to be this fun, you know, quick war game, you know, get some mechs and shoot up this sort of nah. Soviet Russia's type landscape, but it's it's not. I'd say I've said it before, but like Scythe is basically like a Euro style like worker placement mm-hmm. game, like wearing a war game uh, a war games outfit. Yeah, <laughs> just like definitely, yeah, it's a Euro game in uh, war games clothing for sure. Yeah. So, um, like I say, we'll we'll play through more of that, and uh, when when Ben and Charlotte are back on the show, we'll um, we'll uh, we'll talk more about that, and, uh, and they can share their thoughts on it as well. Um, just in terms of like other things that have been happening, um, 
So we we've mentioned previously like the Death Guard release for 40k uh, mm-hmm. has got delayed. They are previewing a lot of the new rules for it this week though, just as a, a way to sort of uh, satisfy fans. But um, the big one got revealed today. They are changing disgustingly resilient. Which oh really? Tom will be really pleased with because I was very good at making my disgustingly resilient saves when so I played him. What are they doing with it now? So uh, previously, it was an additional like five plus save mm-hmm. after everything else. A five plus feel no pain is what it commonly gets referred to in like forty k. Um, what they've changed it to is the same rule that dreadnoughts have now. Basically, the damage profile of a weapon is reduced by one to a minimum of one. What? So <laughs> this is strict. It is strictly worse against like uh, guns that only do one damage. Oh, right. So like a gun that does two points of damage now only does one point of damage. Correct. So that's only really useful to you if you've got more than one wound then. Which Death Guard now have. Death, Death Guard, Guard are do, going but... up to Yeah, so they're, they're going up to two wounds. I anticipate that they're going to give Poxwalkers something else because uh. because Poxwalkers are presumably staying at one wound mm-hmm. each. Um, otherwise... It's a bit useless. They're, they're just, otherwise, they're just really rubbish cultists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing. My army, my sort of the, the opposite of your Death Guard, my army is all Poxwalkers and cultists. Um, so... That's gonna, uh, if they go that way, that's gonna be really, really pants for me. <laughs> oh, oh, look, dear. one of Tom's armies sucks more. <laughs> what a good <laughs> day. I mean, at least you always have the Gene Stealer cultists. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another another solid. They'll option. get better with sure their new will. codex sure for sure, whenever that happens in yeah. 2021. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, and as as I, I've said before on the podcast, I do my armies more for my own personal narrative flair than because I I expect to win. Well, and well, this is it, right? Like, there's um, I'm I'm part like a Death Guard group on Facebook, and it is as you can imagine, today has just blown up with people moaning yeah. about this change. I actually think mathematically, this change is probably better. For Death Guard, particularly like with Plague Marines gaining an extra wound, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be really difficult to take down, particularly if they're reducing all the damage profiles of weapons. Mm-hmm. But that aside, I don't play Death Guard because I think they're a strong list and they're competitive. Mm-hmm. I play Death Guard because I think Plague Marines are cool. Mm-hmm. I want to field lots of them. Yep. The fact that they're also pretty good is a happy accident as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's a very happy accident. One you have benefited from many, many times. And I will benefit from again. I don't know. I've seen I I've seen especially in your your hands with the unlucky frog dice. In podcast dice. Yeah, I, I have seen you turn around some ridiculous situations that you had no right to <laughs> be able to turn around. Um so who knows, maybe maybe it will be a a nerf as the kids are saying. Uh mm. but uh but who knows? Incidentally, just completely unrelated, but I've just reminded myself there. Have you seen that Nerf, uh, you know, the toy guns, the foam guns, that oh. brand? They're doing a Mandalorian-themed Nerf rifle. 
Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> oh, that's going to be... I, I mean, that that's going to be like hen's teeth getting one of them. Yeah, though. definitely. Like, they, they're going to get snapped up so quickly. Like, the Venn diagram of, like, people who like Star Wars and The Mandalorian and grown-ups who are, like, happy to play with Nerf guns, I think that overlap <laughs> is quite big. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm in that overlap. I'm, I'm down to play with some Nerf guns. I, th- I think there's some kids in there as well, Josh. You may have missed those out of that. God, sod them. Sod them. To hell with them. They're not important. <laughs> uh, that's cool, though. Um, mm-hmm. when, when is that coming out? I don't know. I've only seen a picture of it um, at the moment. Um, kind of like the the little teaser of it. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to be out before Christmas or after Christmas or, or what. But it, it looks... As good as a Nerf representation of a Star Wars weapon can, um, which is quite cool. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You know, I've got um, I got Disney Plus last weekend. I finally, finally relinquished. Uh, so I now need to get around to watching The Mandalorian at some point. Uh, which I will. I will. For I uh, for-, for our listeners' benefit, because they they won't know this probably to the same extent, but. Josh is repeatedly told to watch things and does not never, watch the things he's told to did. watch. I'll, I'll be honest, right? I, I just... Most of my sort of... I don't know, trying to describe video entertainment, would you call it that? Most of like the, the viewing that I do is actually like about my hobbies. Mm-hmm. Like I spend like quite a lot of time just on YouTube like watching various different videos about like people streaming or um, playing tabletop games or whatever. Mm-hmm. I actually watch very little in the way of like TV mm-hmm. and I'll watch like films like occasionally, but like once or twice a week, maybe mm-hmm. well, that's about it. Incidentally, that the, the reason why I got Disney plus is because the selection of Christmas films on Netflix this year is absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. And I figured Disney Disney had uh, Home Alone, which is the one I ended up watching. Um, but they also have Muppets Christmas Carol and a bunch of others as well. So it's a definite upgrade. I think this is going to be a pretty telling, to go completely tangential as we tend to do on these episodes, this is going to be a telling moment for Netflix this year's Christmas because they've got such a horrendous rota of good Christmas material because Disney have pulled most of it. And it's also like this because Fox is all on Disney Plus now as well, which is, I believe, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Is that not Fox? I think so that like, is. I don't know if that's on Disney Plus or not. It's a weird one to have on Disney Plus. Well, but presumably Disney Plus have Alien, right? That's not a Christmas film. That's a Fox film that is like quite an adult film. I don't think Alien is on Disney Plus. I could be wrong. What? I would that be was surprised. The whole meme of like the alien queen is now a proper Disney princess and <laughs> should be introduced to that canon. And <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's possible. Um, I've I've not delved into the archives of Disney Plus too much. I tend to stay on the uh, on the safer upper echelons of of Disney Plus rather than delving into the the historical archives that have some less than stellar <laughs> products in. <laughs> Fair. That's fair. We we have been talking about Disney for a fair chunk of the episode, and that is uh, not accidental. Well, at least not on my part, anyway. 
Um, Tom, as I said earlier, right at the start of the episode, sprung a bit of a surprise on me on um, on our Tuesday night game of what I was expecting to be Star Wars. Um, to give some context, I've, I don't know if I've told if I've spoken about this running joke that I started on the podcast, so I'm going to assume that I haven't. But for, like Tom's been running RPGs for for years now. And one of the things we'll talk about is, you know, of doing like one shots of certain things, mm-hmm. right? And the usual things will get bounded about. Oh, let's do one shot of Call of Cthulhu or whatever, whatever. I think I'd, like as a complete joke, I said, you know what you should do? A one shot of an RPG set in the DuckTales universe. And I like to think it caught on partly because I wouldn't drop it. Um, but like a few, a few of the other people that we game with kind of would chip in with it as well. And the idea would always get shut down immediately mm-hmm. and probably for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, except it hasn't. Nope. Tom, Tom actually developed a proper like one shot session of an RPG set in the DuckTales universe. Yep. For your birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I will say this, right? I was half joking with uh, with it. One because I have a, I have a genuine fondness for Ducktales. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of my favourite shows growing up as a kid, and, and they've done a new series of it as well, which uh, we, we've both watched a bit of it. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're on the same page as me. Like it, it is much better than it has any right to be. For sure. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't watched any of it, do yourselves a favour and, uh, and and give it a go because it is worth a, it is worth a watch even if you are a, a responsible adult um, or irresponsible as the case may be. Um, the other reason, though, I think it would act genuinely. It makes a good RPG setting because you can pretty much do anything you want. Like it is very pulpy. So mm-hmm. you can have dinosaurs, you can have time travel, you can have space travel, you can go anywhere within like planet Earth. So it, it gives you a lot of options. Um, obviously, you you wrote the uh, adventure for this, or was it was it lifted from something that was pre-existing? No, no, that was um, that was one that I made up in in its entirety. Um, it was a combination of sort of ideas that I pulled from from various sources of things I've seen and watched and played, uh, and sort of mashed together. And it was it was actually very very challenging to do because the one thing you don't really have in Ducktales that you certainly have a lot more of in an, a, any other system is combat. Like mm-hmm. while while there are scraps, you don't really have people running around with guns in Ducktales. You know you don't really have people slinging too much magic at each other in ducktales if it is it's it's fairly few and far between mm-hmm. um and you know fist fights in so much as they are very quick and they're not you know the sort of things you see in D where you're you're you know you're killing your opponents well uh, yeah this is this is it right it's it's kind of like um how do you address that yeah so i i did look for for some possible scripted adventures and ideas when i was putting it together for you but there really wasn't anything that that mm-hmm. quite f- <laughs> that fit the bill uh of what oh uh, of what i uh, I, I wanted to be. 
so I've, I've, I sort of had a an outline of what the session was going to be like. I had mm-hmm. a few sort of encounter tables in, in, in inverted commas, uh, and I sort of let it flow organically as well. So it was part improv, part outlined, and, and part a little bit of planning. Mm-hmm. So, like, compared to what you'd normally do for prepping an RPG session, how did you find it? Stressful. <laughs> uh, I I do not improv games anymore. Uh, okay. I I used to do that when I was when I was a much younger man, and I knew a lot less. But I've learned over the years that the more you plan, the the better and smoother the game will run. And that's not mm-hmm. to say you won't need to improv because you you always do. Uh, you never know what your players are going to throw at you and you're going to have to adapt and, and improvise as the situation goes along. But the more of a framework you at least have, it takes some of that pressure off. Yeah. Uh, whereas when you go in with as loose a frame as I had for that game, because I just didn't know what was going to happen because it was so unusual to, to our, our normal types of games... Um, it, it was certainly there was an element of like this could go horribly horribly wrong <laughs> you know this this could be the worst game I ever run uh, but luckily that wasn't the case you know and I think everybody came to the table with the right mindset for it I was well I was gonna say and it was uh, it was a big group of us there was like seven of us in total seven players yeah yeah so that that in itself is quite a difficult game to to manage um the, the other benefit is like most most people have at least some understanding of how the DuckTales universe works. I think Bowers was the only one who hadn't actually seen it. Yeah, you and you and got a, a very unique introduction to the the DuckTales verse <laughs> um of of our sort of it was quite funny because we were we were saying things and, and almost taking them for granted. Uh, and mm-hmm. you could see Ewan sort of on the webcam, just sort of staring. Like, just shrugging his shoulders, yeah. like, sure, okay, it's... like, whatever you guys say. It, it reminded me a lot of the, the scene in uh, Marvel's Avengers, where Captain America just doesn't get any of the references that people are making, uh, yeah. because people were making jokes about things and referring to people and places, mm-hmm. and Ewan was just sort of sitting there, just like, I don't I don't understand any of these references. The old... The ultimate man out of time. Yep. <laughs> but, um, no, it was it. I like so. I really enjoyed playing it. I think everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if people have given you feedback. Is it? it you based it loosely on well, maybe not so loosely on a, a D twenty system for like playing modern adventures. Is that right? Yeah. So I used a very basic. Uh, framework of d20 modern which was a sort of modified version of the D- dungeons and dragons third and and 3.5 editions mm-hmm. but i sort of i stripped out a few bits that i didn't like i took some elements of pathfinder and put them in i, I simplified it a lot to make it run quickly mm-hmm. um and sort of made sure you had all a couple of little abilities each uh that you could use that kind of represented the, the types of characters you were playing and then I tried to make everything as as basic as I could, so we could just kind of focus on, on the game and the fun rather than the the rules. Yeah, and uh, everyone apart from myself made characters for themselves as well. Particularly like uh, Barry's character, Chris P. Duck. 
Yep. Very nice. I think everyone had a pun of some sort in their name, right? Yeah, pretty much. So they didn't make the characters. They they gave me sort of high high level concepts okay, right, of what okay. they wanted to be, uh, and I made the characters. We obviously didn't get one from you because it was a surprise for you. The whole thing was mm-hmm. was sort of you didn't know until the last minute. You had some suspicions, but you didn't yes. know uh, until the last minute. And I, I, you may or may not know this if you've listened before. I don't really like puns um, as a general rule, but I said so, so, and, and so and somehow. He puts up with me. Exactly. And I know. Scott, actually, Scott's pretty bad for puns as well. But I, I did say when I told him about the game, I said, this is a one-time event when I will lift my, my pun embargo. Uh, <laughs> and, and at that point, uh, everyone decided that this was a good time to to fully embrace uh, said Laxa, Lax approach. So we yeah. had lots of duck pun names and duck pun... It, it- Scott was playing Indicana Jones. Yep, we had yeah, uh, uh, and and Ewan was Jordan Billfoot. Yeah. Uh, there were there were puns <laughs> aplenty uh, were had across it, um, but I, I really it's weird because I said after the game it's one of the the stranger games I've run mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, um, but it was really nice to go outside my comfort zone. Uh, yeah, and I think especially like as mushy as it sounds. When you're doing it for someone else as a, as a treat, there's that little bit of extra enjoyment as well. Aww. You know, it's not. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just nice to uh, you know use your powers for good. Um, ben did suggest that there may have been an ulterior motive for doing this. All right. This, of course, means I can never ever say again. Like when you're looking for suggestions for one shots. Do Duck Tales. There, there I can't is that. Do that now. <laughs> there is that, but there's also <laughs> there's a precedent that I've set now as well that I can be cajoled into running mm. games. So you know how how long is it before I get a do a My Little Ponies one shot or you know whatever it may be. Well, the thing is, My Little Pony actually has got a full rule set written for it. At least it has it has several. Uh, so you know. That you would, I mean, it's a you you could invest money in that. I could to to, to do that. I won't, but I certainly could. No, like out of all the sort of bizarre fandoms that you could do an RPG for, Ducktales probably isn't the worst one. But you did mention that for in order to secure like the little bits of art that you had going on Roll Twenty that you. You, you've been to some places on the internet and that you never wish to go back to. Yeah, so obviously Roll20 lets you use uh, artwork to show the players, uh, and I included some of the iconic characters you met kind of along your journey, your, your little adventure, mm-hmm. um, as you were kind of searching for, for Donald and the, the nephews. Uh, so I'd gone on to find artwork of various antagonists and um, uh, various characters, and yeah, you... You get. I, I'm not sure why I have the safety settings off on my Google. If I'm completely honest, uh, and maybe that says more about me. But you get sort of halfway down a, a Google search, mm-hmm. and there are images that 
will stay with me for a, <laughs> you? a very long time. It could, I mean, it could be worse because if we asked for a Sonic the Hedgehog RPG, those images would be like right at the top. Yep. And you're having to filter through all of that to get to the clean ones. Yep. So this is that. True. It's true. It's is very that. true. It is a. It, I don't. I don't like to yuck anyone's yum, but I. I, I worry. <laughs> but. <laughs> but yeah, I worry about what some people do to Disney properties. I really do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, don't do that. It's not nice. It's not nice. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you. So obviously we've, you've, you've took a, 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 you've now took like an existing IP and twisted it into some sort of role playing experience. What is there any IPs out there that you would really like to do that treatment for, or uh, wish wish someone else would do it? Frankly, or so there are for a lot of things there are at at the very least fan made role playing games, mm-hmm. but you your your mileage varies on quality. Uh, yeah, of course. Of what you get, you know, some of these are they're garbage. If we're being brutally honest. Um, some of them are, are fine, you know. Some are functional. Uh, mm-hmm. If if I got to pick IPs that I would use for for running games, there's a couple um, that I've never seen a system that I've really taken to. I think a re- a, a good Sonic RPG could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of scope there. I've spoken in previous episodes about how much I, I much like you with Ducktales, I have a fondness for for Sonic from my childhood. But it has unfortunately been tainted because of yeah, some like be, be, beyond most childhood yeah. like properties as well. Yeah, so that's that's one I would love to see some official support for, mm-hmm. you know, so I wouldn't have to go into the bowels of the internet and risk the last strains of my sanity. Um, mm-hmm. I think as well, one I the one game that I would really like to see, and again, this is a bit of a nostalgia trip. And one that I actually did build uh, a role-playing system for was Dragon Ball Z. Uh, oh, that so, would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. so I, I loved Dragon Ball Z when I was sort of a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. And me and uh, a couple of my friends at the time sort of worked on a, a very basic system to try and try and sort of capitalize on that. And, and we did play it. You know, we play-tested it and we, we played it a little bit. It's very difficult uh, mm-hmm. to do. Um Weirdly enough, it kind of links into a problem I've seen across most of my role-playing experiences that any sort of superheroic system is very, very hard to to balance. Sure. Like when people are playing characters that are supposed to be at the like sort of level of Goku, mm-hmm. like how do you how do you make it challenging for them without yeah. it also being like utterly ridiculous, right? Yeah. Definitely, and it, and the same goes with like Marvel role playing games, DC role playing games. You know, when you've got people like the Hulk or Superman rocking around, mm-hmm. you know, and if you've got characters that are even not even on that level, but even kind of getting up to that level, Spider Man level, you know, it's balance becomes very very tricky when you've got people who can control minds, you know, at will and mm-hmm. go faster than the speed of light. You know, it's it's such a such a minefield to to navigate with role playing games, but. I would, I would love to see a a proper licensed, good quality Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, whatever, whatever yeah. version of that universe uh, done. I think that could be fantastic. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, moving away from like childhood, 
um, IPs. Two that immediately always spring to mind. And about, they are kind of similar, but polar opposites in terms of tone. Uh, Men in Black and The X-Files. Like, and I'm sure people have done RPGs for them. I just haven't played them. And I don't know whether they would be any good or not. I'm pretty certain there is an official X-Files RPG. Uh, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I'm... I'm sure I saw one at some point in the past. There might even be a, uh, a man, in, man in black? Men in black. Man in black. <laughs> Singular man. You only get one. A single man. Uh, <laughs> there may well be a, a men in black one as well. Um, I think that's... It's interesting because there are a lot of systems out there that, that draw from those, maybe not specifically those universes, but take a lot from it, uh, you know, and use mm. aspects of that. Um but yeah, I think you could have a lot of fun with those, definitely. Um, yeah. I would, I'd be down for that. Cool. Well, we've picked our new um, one that I'm going to push for now. <laughs> Do Men in Black one shot. <laughs> oh, God. What have I let myself yeah. in for? <laughs> right, Eo. Um, I think with that, should we should we draw this episode to a close and uh, sign off? Yeah, before you... You hook me into any other kind of <laughs> random RPG system to run. You love it. You love it, really. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, guys. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you.